his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. KCBS Radio, original podcasts. We're about four or five days outside of Kennedy Meadows, so coming into Walker Pass tomorrow, and it's just really interesting to me how the vibe has kind of shifted. There's just a lot of chitter-chatter, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? From KCBS Radio, this is Bay Current, and this is part two of our special series following along with hikers attempting the Pacific Crest Trail this year. So far, it's been one of the toughest years in the trail's history, thanks to a snowpack that just won't relent, even as the calendar advances into summer. By the way, if you missed the first part, you can download that now and listen. But if you didn't, no worries. You can join the journey here without getting lost. And we're going to start with Sue. Her trail name is Darkness. She's already through-hiked the PCT once, and she's hiked just about every epic trail on the planet. Now, she's doing the PCT again. And as before, it was kind of like there was a lot of like kind of loose groups and people would kind of bounce between or hike alone. Now it kind of seems like everybody's kind of putting a ring on it and uh, deciding what they're going to do. And a lot of groups are kind of forming up. And um, it's just really interesting how everything's kind of solidifying now where it's uh, it's about to get real. We're staring down the snow. So the past couple of weeks have been a total whirlwind. Maggie Schumann is our hiker from Truckee, a native of the Bay Area. When we first talked, I was at mile 77 in Julian. Everything was so new, exciting, and nothing like I really expected. There was so much water in the desert. It was so green in the southern desert. At this time, it is June 16th. I am less than 25 miles from Kennedy Meadows, which is mile 700. And tomorrow is my 30th birthday. Some big highlights in Julian were definitely San Jacinto and Baden-Powell, which are both mountains with snow still covering them. I like to think we passed the test with those mountains and are looking forward to the Sierra Nevada. We just left Shasta, Mount Shasta, the town of Mount Shasta. 1502. My far out is massively messed up and not working. So, mile 1502. We skipped from, um, we got to Kennedy Meadows and hopped up to Chester and got on in Chester. 
We last talked to Layla Cohen at Big Bear where it was still snowing well into May. Actually, there was another time I called her by accident. She was like, I can't talk right now. I'm dying in the desert. So I waited until she made it up to Kennedy Meadows, which is considered the southern entrance to the Sierra along the trail. And it was there that she made a big decision. We are just skipping the Sierra and then heading all the way to Canada and then going Sobo through the Sierras. Because of all the snow and how um, big the water crossings are right now with all the snow melt, we decided it'd be safer. Slash, we really want to swim in the lakes, so we can't do that right now. They're all frozen. By now, you may have noticed something about the voices. Yeah, all women. It seems I lost Kyle. Kyle, I hope you're okay. Call me. And John, his trail name's Stoat. He's had a struggle with connectivity, but he sent me an email update. He says something similar to what Sue says. Hikers are breaking apart into different schools of thought. He says many hikers with limited backcountry experience are flipping up past the Sierra. Some are doing what Layla is doing, getting to Shasta, then hiking north the rest of the way to Canada before coming back later in the summer to hike the Sierra southbound. Others are heading for the northern Oregon border to trek south back to Kennedy Meadows and then jump back up close to the Washington portion of the trail. And uh, finally, a few are heading straight to Canada and then doing the trail southbound. So basically, the chaotic season that we all expected. I had to see the conditions for myself, so I took a little drive 10,000 feet up Highway 108. All right. So I'm uh, on the PCT, at least I think I am. Um, it's kind of hard to tell because whoop, of the snow situation. <laughs> so... The way the snow has melted, it has uh, basically created these big troughs and grooves up here. Like sun cups yeah. and tree wells. Yeah, that's a new voice, isn't it? My name's Kyla and my trail name's Tough. Okay, funny story here, right? So I'm up on the trail, right? I'm coming back down a ridge. I look down toward the highway. I see a white van pull up and drop off some hikers who had just hitched a ride from a resupply. So I go running the last quarter of a mile downhill, this trail, thick snow. By the way, I'm wearing shorts and t-shirt like an idiot. I'm waving my arms, shouting like a complete lunatic. I'm like, hey, you, do you need a ride? They just look at me. I mean, they look at me like I was a complete madman. My plot was to make them talk to me in exchange for a ride. They didn't need a ride, so there, there goes that. But they went ahead and talked to me. I mean, it was pretty nice of them, right? Yeah, so here's Kyla and her friend. Government name, Danny Powderly. Uh, trail name, Sunny D. I started March 31st from Campo. Yeah, I started April 19th. Yeah, also from Campo from the Mexican border. This is mile 1018, so we're over the 1,000-mile mark now. Reaching the 1,000-mile mark was was pretty cool. We played the Vanessa Carlton song, I Would Walk a Thousand Miles. <laughs> Put another way, they're kind of a glimpse into the future for the other hikers I've been following. Tired of the snow for sure. Um, it, honestly, if it wasn't for the snow, I think we'd be uh, a little further down the trail. It's definitely slowed us down a bit. It's taken its toll. And then in the Sierras, anytime you go in and out, you know, there's a whole lot more logistics because there's not just a town right there on the trail. you got to take a side trail 10, 15 miles off trail just to get to town and that sort of thing. So definitely, definitely exhausted. I feel like exhausted would be normal for <laughs> anybody who's hiked just a thousand miles, but I feel like we're... 300 we're, of those in the we're, snow. We're at a different level. <laughs> and since the 
thousand mile marker was covered up in snow, we made a new one out of pine needles. Hopefully the people behind us will see that. Um, but yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready for the snow to melt and, and keep going on dry trail with greenery around instead of just white, gray, brown, and, and pine green. <laughs> Kyla just hit on an interesting point there. The snow is more than a physical challenge. It's also a mental challenge. I had a bad fall on San Jacinto or on the way to San Jacinto. So that spooked me. Another girl fell about 100 feet down um, on our way into Wrightwood and um, in the snow. And so we both kind of became a little more cautious of the snow. And so we decided we're not out here to be nervous and wondering if we're going to fall off the ridge today. Um, it'd be more fun. And most of the hikers we've encountered are doing the same thing we're doing. Hikers are making it through the Sierra, maybe a bit slowly, but I think it's starting to open up more. I'm definitely more encouraged reading comments on Far Out, our navigation app, and from trip reports posted online. It's not going to be easy by any means, but I think it's definitely going to be the adventure of a lifetime for us. Yeah, I mean, people have been talking about, are you going to go through this year, or are you not, since day one. I mean, since before day one, since, like, November, when the first storm came and it looked like it might be a big snow year. Um, for me, you know, you don't get to choose the weather. You don't get to choose a whole lot of things. I decided that I was going to do this hike in 2023. And for me, you know, the weather's just another part of the challenge. You know, I don't think many people sign up to hike 2,600 miles and don't expect a little bit of a challenge along the way. So for me, I just tried to look at it as the weather's another part of it. And that's part of my journey. But that was <laughs> obviously not the average um, person's yeah. thought line. It, it's um, important for us to have that continuous footpath from Mexico to Canada. It's, you know, it's part of our goal, and apparently we are some goal-oriented people who want to achieve that, even if it makes it, even if the snow makes it a lot harder <laughs> than expected. I definitely noticed a mentality shift, but it, to me it didn't seem like it was like snap of a finger, all of a sudden it's there. It kind of seemed gradual. Because at least for us, like we had a group of five or six people come in through Kennedy Meadows. Everybody was gung-ho. And then we have people start dropping off because they start to get in there and see what it's like. So, you know, mentality beforehand, but then after you actually have the reality and see what it is, another mentality shift kind of on the, on the back end of that, which was interesting. Yeah, that's true. It was after Kennedy Meadows that I think people were like, all right, I've had enough of this. <laughs> or, I mean, yeah, once they went into Kennedy Meadows, got to Bishop, we're like, I'm done. Or we're like, hey, this is hard, but I'm going to keep going anyway. Anything that's dark, you know, like a pine needle or something, falls in, melts at a different rate around the snow. The snow around that melts at a different rate. Uh, and so that's part of the reason you end up with these troughs deep in the snow. And, yeah, these troughs are no joke, man. I mean, you get them basically, look knee high on the 4th of July, right? Knee high, and it's just tough going. Um, you know, I've been doing this little section, just about a mile of it, not much, right? Man, I'm out of breath. I mean, the elevation's cranky. It's tough. But this is just <laughs> such a small snapshot of what people who are doing the PCT this year actually have to deal with. 
I just call it mental fortitude and positive mantras repeating in my head over and over and over as I'm walking through it. I just it's, it's completely mental for me. It's a mental challenge, and you need to just mentally get through it. Physically, I can do it, you know, I, and I know that, but it's mentally getting through this, what's not really that fun at the moment. <laughs> I... Uh find myself using more and more profanity as the day goes on <laughs> so I don't I don't know my coping mechanism is like venting I guess um but I mean honestly early on in the morning they're not that bad because they're hard they're crispy they're crunchy they're not all over the place and then sometime between 9 and 11 a.m depending on how much sun there is that day and what exposure that part of snow has um it, it starts to get soupy and like good luck standing on two feet on soupy sun cups that's the sun cups are hard yeah the sun cups are the worst but it's not all sun cups so then you get like the forested areas have these huge tree wells so like our map will say yeah the (laughs) you've got a nice flat section coming up but instead we're going up 10 feet down 10 feet up 10 feet down 10 feet the entire like however many miles that is and even that i would take over side side hilling in a foot of mashed potatoes um which happens as well because you know a nice gentle side hill whatever that's fine but the steeper that gets you know the slower you have to go make sure that your footing's right because you know some of the some of the runouts are easy and if you fall it's no big deal some of them are uh, this is a no fall zone (laughs) you know love the snow i hate walking on ridges where if i fall i could die that that truly ruins the hike for me last week when we had a hike through the snow it took us quite literally from sun up to sundown to go 10 miles but after like during while we're in the snow it just your mileage goes down safety concerns rise so you're not moving fast yeah that's just another thing that's easy to forget as we talk about the snow there's just an inherent risk along the pct it's just part of the challenge and it's the run-of-the-mill injuries that often endanger the trek as easily as maybe a 10-foot snowbank and then the other thing that i'm carrying now is like a gallon-sized ziploc full of wound supplies because i sustained a puncture wound which is pretty deep a few days ago just random i just fell and i i got a rock like fully encased in my knee um it's pretty gross and so went into town cleaned it up myself i'm a nurse and uh, so now I'm carrying a lot of stuff for that. Another moment that happened is I actually sprained my ankle two weeks ago and had to take a few days off trail to recover. It definitely shook me confidence and made me question what I'm doing for a few days. Um, after getting on trail after that, it was really cloudy and misty. And we honestly didn't see really any hikers for like two and a half days, which was really strange. And we missed all of our friends that we had made in the early desert. And of course, there's the weather. The spring and summer have been weird in the Sierra. Part of the reason is the snowpack. There's more moisture than normal to get sucked up into the atmosphere, forming big, booming thunderheads. Apart from that, the instability that brought all this snow to begin with just hasn't left California, meaning a spring and summer of cooler temperatures and a stubborn monsoonal flow. Yeah, we got lucky people two days ahead of us and a day or two behind us got hailed on through Lasten. And while we had rainstorms and thunderstorms, it wasn't bad. One of our friends had to hit his SOS button because his tent flooded. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. It's been a weird monsoonal season. <laughs> it's been cold. It's still cold. I'm wearing like all my clothes most days and nights. Um, that's just funny. Honestly, we have been so lucky with the monsoons. Like really, really lucky. A lot of hikers have been caught in some really nasty ones with hail, wind. I know some people up in the Sierra got caught with snow. Um, but we've only had really light rain on us a few times. Uh, I got lucky. I only have had two afternoons of rain and not anything much worse. I was in town when there was more storms. So I've been lucky with Sierra weather being like this most of the time. He's got a different story. <laughs> yeah, so our first resupply weather was great, and our last resupply re weather was great. But the one in the middle, um, which for for me was from um, Kearsarge Pass up to Mammoth Lakes, um, it was absolute shit. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was rain and snow and sleeting pretty much every day. Some days the entire day, some days just for a couple of hours. Um, but in that eight-day resupply, we might have had one day where it wasn't completely nasty. And then the sun's coming and going. It's overcast. It's hard to get your gear dried out. We had one day where we stopped camp and it, it, we stopped and set up camp at like 11 a.m. Because um, it had been raining, snowing, sleeting since we started hiking at like 3 o'clock in the morning and we're getting ready to climb 2,000 feet to 10,000 foot elevation and I'm not trying to go up to 10,000 foot elevation <laughs> with wet gear if I can avoid it you know so it, it definitely throws a, a, a pretty big wrinkle in there and you can actually see it you were talking about you know this year and, and and you can see the clouds actually physically forming right above the peaks and then they just come on over and block that sun and if they continue to grow they start to dump on you um, so I mean you can literally watch the weather form um which was you know kind of cool but i'd rather have <laughs> blue skies <laughs> we've heard thunder a lot um especially in the afternoons and we do watch the giant thunder clouds develop every afternoon so we really just try to like make a plan to be up and over some of these ridges and passes before the afternoon and to like get below tree line in case anything was to happen and between the weather and the duration of the trek, this is a point when hikers really start thinking more about their gear. I love talking about gear, and it's something I think is really fun. Or <laughs> specifically about the gear they don't have. But I think there's one thing I wish I had. It would be ultralight camp sandals to wear at camp at night, in the morning, and in town. My shoes are fine. But I'm always envious of people that are in sandals at night and in town. I walked the tr the true PCT around, not around, on Jacinto, not over the top. But the PCT, which is still, uh, I would say, 70% snow covered, at least when I went through a couple weeks ago. Um, I wish I had my ice axe. I did not have it. I had a friend who had gone through about 10 days previous to me who had said, oh, darkness, like, don't worry about it. You don't need an ice axe. And uh, I do not agree with him <laughs> about that. So through all of this, the natural question, right? The natural question is, are there regrets? Not at all. Like, what year are you going to be able to say that you walked Highway 2 with zero cars on it, covered in snow to get around Baden, you know? Slash... The super blooms are only because of the snow and the people like we're all out here trugging through snow 
in areas where there normally isn't. Just takes an even more special type of person to be out here enduring it this year. No regrets, because there's never going to be a good year. You'll have the snow, you'll have the wildfires. It's never going to, like the PCT isn't going to be perfect, but that's what makes it worth it, you know? Pushing through all of this. And part of this is about momentum and being able to visualize the goal. It's a point that Kyla and Danny are much closer to. We're going to go up here, and that'll be the last time we're at 10,000 feet. You know, we've reached, we've climbed up Whitney, we've reached 14,000, we did a couple 12,000 foot passes, 11,000, and like the elevation is, is you know, it's, it's fine, but it'll be better when we're at like 7,000, 6,000 again. So I think the hardest is over, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous laughter, the soundtrack of the PCT. That and of course all the great stories that pop up along the way. So here's a pretty funny story, or at least I think it's funny. Hopefully you do too. Um, so we were getting ready to get into Banning, California. That's off the I-10, um, right after Jacinto. And my two buddies had already gotten a cheap motel room, motel, I think, I forget what motel it was, cheap motel. Um, and my one buddy was going on and on and on about this really awesome icebreaker underwear he had. It's like this ultralight merino wool. He's like, man, this is just like the best underwear. It's just like, you know, super comfortable. And, and, and he's going on and on. He's like, oh yeah, but it costs like $40. So, okay. So that guy takes off and my other buddy and I are staying in the hotel and we're getting ready to leave the next morning. And there's a pair of underwear hanging on like the suitcase rack. Ostensibly somebody rinsed it out and left it there to dry. And so my other buddy's like, wow, what? That's, 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 that's his underwear. Like that, he was talking about that. That's like really great stuff. And you know, what are we going to do? Like he said, it was like $40 underwear. So I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I don't know. I, what, I don't know. Like that really sucks that he forgot it. And he's like, man, it's kind of gross, but like, I'll just carry it for him. So he puts it in his backpack and I'm going to say like 60 or 70 miles go by. It's days. I don't exactly remember how many miles, uh, like a bunch of days. And we're in, we're in Big Bear. And I see the first guy and I tell him, I'm like, yo, like my other friend's got your underwear. And he's like, look, like, are you texting me about that? Um, I'm sorry to say like all of my underwear is accounted for. And so I go find my other friend. I'm like, dude, it's not his underwear. And he's like, what? And he like opens his backpack. We're in a Taco Bell. And he opens his backpack. He's like ripping apart stuff in his backpack. And he finds it. And he looks at the label and he yells like, these are fruit of the loom. And then he like throws it away in the Taco Bell trash. And I just, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I can't, we don't even think it was a hiker because it's like cheap cotton underwear. It was just some random guy's underwear that was left in this motel room from like a previous stay and he carried it for like a week in his back oh man anyway that was pretty great my thanks to sue for the great stories and incredible perspective to kyla and danny for letting me ambush them on the trail for an interview to maggie and layla and john for finding those fleeting moments to answer my questions and thank you for listening by the way if you're looking for some behind the scenes footage and pictures from the trail well here's a sign 
You can find me at Chris and Carlo. Easy. It says PCT. That's K R I S A N K A R L O on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Same handle across the board. There's another sign. This episode of Bay Current has been produced by me and Mallory Samara. Also says PCT. Oh boy. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to hear some more stories that make the Bay Area the most unique place in the world to live. Part three of this series, by the way, will come out next month. Until then, keep on trekking. It's just impossible to keep a track unless you have your GPS running. So I'm just like looking for footprints or anything that might say, hey, people have been here, people have been hiking here. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.